Evening everyone. We will spend a little time this evening uh, in the, those first few verses of Hebrews and chapter 12. Um, you might remember last year in the last term of adult Sunday school uh, we were looking at the book of Hebrews, uh, that wonderful encouraging book written to Jewish believers and um, we did run out of time I finished well I didn't finish the series we got probably somewhere about halfway through and then uh, time ran out we were approaching Christmas and uh, time beat us in finishing uh, so this evening we'll just have a few concluding themes from the book of Hebrews, especially those early verses of uh, chapter 12. We'll open in prayer and then we'll move on. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful truths of your word, for the encouragement that it gives us, for the assurance that you are all in all, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we even imagine. And we thank you and praise you that you are who you are. You'll set us free for all of eternity from the condemnation that we truly deserve. We accept, Lord, that there are many times that we have fallen short of what it is that you would desire of your people. But we do thank you and praise you, Lord, that uh, because of your earthly ministry and the fact that you are holy man as well as holy God, that you do understand the, um, the frame that our mortal bodies um, live in. And we give you thanks and praise that a way was found that one day we could be presented faultless before the presence of your glory. And we give you thanks and praise in our Saviour's precious and holy name. Amen. Looking again at... Uh, that book of Hebrews, and as I indicated, was written to Jewish believers who were about to give up because of the persecution that they were enduring. And we know and accept both through God's word and in latter days from Andrew's experiences in Israel, when you're persecuted by somebody Jewish, you, you know you've been persecuted. Um, it seems to me that um, if you can observe anything about the Jewish nation and uh, that they are very good at what they do. Um, they are God's people and they are given many gifts and talents that uh, perhaps were not given to other people. And uh, when they persecuted these um, Jewish, Christian, Jewish believers... It was pretty hot persecution and they were ready to give up. It was tough for Jewish Christians. The rabbis just wouldn't leave them alone. And nothing much has changed, has it? We know in our Lord's Gospel ministry, the rabbis, they seem to be everywhere. They seem to be tracking our Lord and Saviour most of the time, ready to uh, see him slip up and break their laws and uh, be condemned as a consequence and be denied that uh, he was, in fact, God come in the flesh. Nothing much has changed, has it? Uh, Brother Andrew 
still has the same problem with the rabbis. They keep a close watch on him for fear that uh, he might win some converts to Christianity. The writer in Hebrews encourages these Jewish Christians use the examples of the heroes from chapter 11, just back from, back from the long list in chapter 11 of those wonderful heroes. And chapter 12 begins with the young, in, in verse 1 with the phrase, that great cloud of witnesses. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That wonderful cloud of witnesses, many of them listed there in, in um, chapter 11 of Hebrews, and uh, chapter 11 there concludes that not only were there the ones that were named, there were many other nameless heroes who contended for the faith, and remain faithful to the end. And what a challenge that is, to remain faithful to the end. And uh, there are many people who don't quite make it, unfortunately. There are many who start out well and don't quite make it. Even today, there are many people who start out fairly well and don't quite make it. They're overcome by the by the issues that the world can throw up and by the propaganda that the world throws at them and many of them fall by the wayside, regrettably. And it's a danger for people in my age group when the mind starts to make a few changes from the ageing process. It's something that we need to be aware of and watch out for, that we, and I've quoted this before, that. Bible teacher in America called Culbertson who used to always conclude a prayer meeting by saying that by praying that we stay faithful to the end that we finish well was the term that he used that we finish well that we don't allow the pressure to um, affect our faith and the wonderful cloud of witnesses here listed are the ones who finished well some of them, many of them, it cost them their lives uh, in that dramatic part of the end of uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews where they were, they were sawn asunder and many other things done to them, to their mortal body, and yet they remained faithful. Any wonder that verse 12 starts to encourage these Jewish believers by referring them back to these faithful heroes, the cloud of witnesses mentioned there in uh, Verse 1, who had their faith was manifested in patience and endurance. Patience and endurance. And um, that's always a real challenge to us. Patience when, and endurance, especially when things are going wrong. And we all know that life is like that. We don't always live on the mountaintops. Sometimes we find our way down into the valley, but we need that patience and that endurance. And uh, the Apostle Paul, and it's suggested here, in the, even in Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews, some people say it was the Apostle Paul. There's an argument about that that we won't go into, but the same theme emerges here. 
an athletic theme in verse 1 where it says, Lay aside the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And uh, in Greek and the Roman history there was a great deal of emphasis put upon athleticism and competing. And uh, the, the theme then is taken up by the Apostle Paul and uh, it's a good theme as an encouragement to each and every one of us that uh, we run our race to the best of our ability with patience and endurance and finish well and lay aside the weight, it says here, which doth so easily beset us. And um, there have been many instances where athletes deliberately train in heavy shoes so that they can somewhere approach their, their best with the heavy shoes on and then when they take them off for the competition they hopefully do much better because of the extra weight that they've cast off and that's the theme that says here set aside, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and run with patience they do the same thing incidentally with racehorses they have them running on steel plates while they're running around the paddock and spending time in the stable they have steel plates on their feet but the um, oh, the blacksmiths and the, um, uh, the the farriers I'm trying to think of the right word the farriers have a job to do they would have been there at Albury last week on last Friday before the rain washed them all out the farriers are there to change those plates over to aluminium before the race to enable them to, to perform better. And here in verse 12 it's making the same argument. Let us cast off the weight of sin that so easily besets us to run with patience a race that is set before us. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, is the ultimate example to encourage us, the author and finisher of our faith. The beginning and the end, the author, without Christ there was no reason and no purpose in our lives. There's no reason why we should have any faith. Our Lord and Saviour has done all for us and he, has, and he was faithful to the end. He ran with patience and endurance the race that was set before him and finished well and set us all free from the burden of sin and guilt that we carry. The ultimate example to encourage us and to encourage the, um, the Jewish believers that the book of Hebrews was written to. Reading the Old Testament <clears throat> for spiritual help is a wonderful encouragement to each and every one of us. If you'd like to turn back to Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Romans 15 and verse 4. And just while we're finding that passage, um, in one of the commentaries that I read, um, a pastor was talking to some of his um, flock and one of the ladies said to him, well, I don't read the Old Testament very much. I, sp I spend a bit of time in Psalms and I spend a bit of time in Proverbs. I don't spend too much time in the Old Testament. 
And let's just have a look at what the Apostle Paul says here in Romans 15 and verse 4. And um, sorry, I must have written down the uh, the wrong verse. Romans 15 and verse. Oh, sorry, I've got Corinthians. Somebody like to read Romans 15 verse 4 for us. Yeah, thank you. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Yeah. That's why the Old Testament was one of the reasons why the Old Testament was written, not just to point the way to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, but to encourage us to keep on, to keep fighting the battle with endurance, it's a way of encouraging us to know that these Old Testament heroes endured to the end. A few issues here in our life that we can we can make reference to. First one is potential problem with each and every one of us. Problems with family. I think we can probably all relate to that. Problems with family. And the suggestion here to read about Joseph in Genesis, the last part of the book of Genesis. Read the story of Joseph if you've got problems with family and learn from the outcome there, that, that wonderful reunion, the forgiveness that Joseph showed toward his brothers and the love that he showed toward his father. If you've got problems with a heavy burden, if you think that everything is closing in on you, whether it be work or whether it be other issues, financial difficulties or perhaps health issues even, those things are closing in on you and uh, you have a heavy burden. Read about Moses. Was there ever anybody in the Old Testament who had a heavier burden than Moses? Most humble of individuals and yet he had to carry that massive burden of bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. You want to get even with somebody I trust that not too many of us have uh, got a malicious bone in our body, but a part of that theme is here wanting to get even with somebody, question mark. Read David. Read about David. Had every opportunity to get even with, even with Saul and took the attitude that he would not touch God's anointed. No desire to get even. problems of, of giving up too early. All of the, Many of these problems kept Israel from the promised land and will keep us also from being an effective witness and testimony if we give up, if we allow these things in our life and lose our focus upon our Lord and Saviour. We do not need to... We, should never lose our focus upon what our Lord and Saviour has done for us in spite of any difficulty that we might encounter along the way. Lay aside those weights, especially the unbelief. The unbelief kept Israel from the promised land. Will hinder us as well. 
will prevent us from being joint heirs with Christ. We should always look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking to Christ saves us. Just the same as looking to the serpent in Moses' time saved them from death. Those who looked up and looked up at the bronze serpent were saved from certain death. Our Lord and Saviour lived on earth by faith. Why would our Lord and Saviour have to live by faith? After all, he was God incarnate. He was holy God, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy God. And holy human in every respect. And yet our Lord lived by faith. It was evident why did our Lord pray? You can consider that if he was a holy and righteous God, sovereign and the God of the universe, that he prayed, which is an indication that our Lord and Saviour lived by faith. It's an indication to us that we should be living by faith as well. We know that without faith, and back in Hebrews, um, earlier on it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Our Lord prayed. There was no use of divine power for our Lord and Saviour's personal needs during his gospel ministry. There was never any use of divine power for his own needs. There is one suggestion in the, in the Gospels that um, our Lord and Saviour used his divine power to disappear and to escape from the uh, scribes who were going to kill him. There's a suggestion there, some commentators suggest that that might be so in Matthew chapter in John's Gospel in chapter 9. And, um, but not so, there's no suggestion that our Lord and Saviour used those divine powers. And uh, when I was having a look at that, I had a look at a depiction of the uh, city of Jerusalem um, and the events in uh, John's Gospel chapter 9. And between the temple and the pool of Siloam, and um, it makes there are so many buildings there along the side of the street, and it was also the Sabbath day, a crowd of people. There were many people and many buildings, and our Lord and Saviour disappeared and made his escape from the rabbis because his time had not yet come no suggestion of use of divine power to save our Lord and save his, uh, save his skin from the, uh, from the rabbis who were out to kill him. Look to Christ. He is our saviour. Use the power of prayer. If it was good enough for our Lord, it was good enough for us and that's why we have our prayer meetings here we, we are told to pray to, um, and taught how to pray in the pages of the Gospels in particular. Our Lord has taught us how to pray. And what a wonderful, wonderful gift that is. The result, in, if we have a look at verse 3 in our text, um, gives us some of the results there. Verse 3 of um, Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the suffering 
the shame and the contradiction which was um, placed upon our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ that consider him that endured such contradiction of sin sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds consider those things the contradictions, the opposition, the desertion, the temporary rejection by God the Father. All of those things our Lord and Saviour had to suffer. And yet he remained faithful to the end. Faith is the glorious crown that one day we will inherit. The glorious crown, the reward for our faithful service. First came the cross to put an end to sin because we know that the wages of our sin is death. First the cross and then the crown. That wonderful victory that we can win if we are faithful and endure. Endure those hardships that are spoken of there in verse 1. The wages of sin is death from the book of Romans. A couple of passages in Psalm 16 if you'd like to turn back there David talking about the same issue in Psalm 16 um, and verses 8 through to 10 if somebody would like to read that for me I'm almost there Psalm 16 verses 8 and 10 where David said I set the Lord always before me because he, he is at my right hand I shall not be moved therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth my flesh also rest in hope for thou will not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption thou wilt show me the path of life in my presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore Peter took up the same theme in Acts chapter 2 and we've just got a little bit of time to turn there Acts chapter 2 and verses 33 through to 37 Peter quoted that same psalm in his sermon at Pentecost Acts and chapter 2 and verses 33 Verse 33, Wherefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not descended into the heavens, but he saith unto himself, but he saith himself, rather, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? It's a rhetorical question with an obvious answer. And that is that we remain faithful to the end. The whole theme of the book of Hebrews is future hope. The joy that was set before him in verse 2 
presenting faithful believers to God the Father. We see that in um, the book of Jude and that last benediction in the book of Jude where one day we can be presented faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy if we just remain faithful to the end and endure. We won't have to endure the same persecution, probably not in my lifetime anyway, we won't have to endure the same persecution that those Jewish believers were getting in that time. But it's coming. We know that we're in the end times and already there's many, many people who take the opportunity to persecute Christians for their faith and what they believe. Those wonderful heroes of of chapter 11 live... There was one common theme amongst them all in Hebrews chapter 11, and we might just quickly turn back there. In Hebrews 11, the, um, the heroes of faith, they're listed. A few of them in, in the um, early part of uh, chapter 11. First of all, Abraham. There's one common theme here with all of them. They live for the future. They looked ahead. They didn't look back. Verse 10. In, for he looked, Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. In verses 14 to 16, for they say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. All of those people, the elders, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, And down a little bit further in verses 24 through to 27, Moses, by faith when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, there's that word again, as seeing him who is invisible. Our Lord and Saviour is the only one who is worthy of our trust. If we keep our focus upon him, it will help us so much to endure the difficulties and the trials and temptations that continually come our way. We're not going to dodge all these trials and temptations. The scriptures make it quite plain. But if we, like these heroes of the faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews, keep looking ahead, we can claim every promise. We know that every promise that our Lord and Saviour has made will be kept. Every trusting, believing soul will be saved. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess whether 
whether that, that's believers or not, every tongue will confess him as Lord and Saviour. We pray that uh, we'll be the ones that will confess him as Lord and Saviour and see him face to face. What a wonderful day that will be. And uh, the scriptures give us a, a little bit of insight into exactly what that day will be like. If you'd like to just quickly turn back just to finish to um, Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40 and those first three verses. Psalm 40 is one of those wonderful psalms that has written in poetic form but it has so many things that, uh, that encourage us in our earthly walk. Psalm 40 in the first three verses. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Okay. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the encouragement that your word gives us. We pray, Lord, that we, like the faithful in the book of Hebrews, will continue to look ahead to look to the day when we see you face to face, when all of our trials and tribulations have come to an end and you reveal to us the glories that you have set aside for all of those who put their faith and trust in you. And we'll give you thanks and praise that every promise will be kept. All the honour and glory belong to you and we give you the thanks <coughs> and the praise in our Saviour's precious and holy name. Amen.